Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Bijou Podcasts. This is episode 13 of The Stacey June Show. Today, my guest is my own personal naturopath, Naomi Judge. I'm Stacey Jean. Hello. I want to help you find your inner spark. And I promise you, this podcast is going to be so much more than a motivational meme. By sharing the teachings and lessons I've learned on my path to spiritual and personal growth, you too can connect with your true self and become the most honest, worthy, and powerful version of yourself you can be. This podcast is going to be about connecting with others and reconnecting you with yourself learning to enjoy the good stuff in the moment, the lessons in the hard stuff, which is often where they live, and to always find the funny in the fucked. Welcome to the Stacey June Show, guys. Thank you for joining me for another week. I'm so excited to talk to you about my guest today, Naomi Judge. She is my own personal naturopath and is a pretty insightful, inspiring chickadee. And I talk to her a lot about how she, to me, seems more of an investigator into women's health than to just being a a naturopath on its own merit. She offers such an incredible personality um, that really does contribute to her work. So I can't wait for you to hear that chat. Um, And I really hope that you're enjoying the show. I wanted to give you a few bits and pieces, a bit of information about what's coming up in my world over the next few months. I am going to run my very first event and it is going to be all about finding your intuition. So it will be a talk by myself. It's going to be uh, early days for me. It's my very first talk. Uh, It will be in Sydney and it will be at some point in May. So I will give you some more details when I know more, but I wanted to give you a heads up and just let you know that I'm very excited. It will be on a Sunday and it will be going under the lens of a self-centered Sunday um, event series. So I'm excited about that and I hope you are too. So make sure that you start telling your girlfriends if you want to do something on a Sunday. Um, I'm deciding whether it should be late morning or early afternoon or maybe even late afternoon. I will put a poll up about that because I'm trying to figure out the best time for you guys. Maybe on a Sunday, you've got your own self-care program or routine you want to take care of. Maybe this could be a part of it. I don't know. That's something I'd be interested to hear from you guys about. Um, So that's happening. I will have a next intake opening uh, in the next few weeks for my winter coaching, which will start at the beginning of June. The coaching is only becoming better and better. Um, The first first batch will always forever be in my heart as my very first I guess, believers and, and the timing was just right for those people to really try to improve the, their self-care routine and the way that they, I guess, they look at themselves, their self-worth and different things that they can do to harness their best 
their best selves. We go through the law of attraction. I teach them uh, different ways to self-soothe, which I spoke about on the Self-Centered podcast this week. And I um, and I really share I, essentially the tools that I taught myself with a lot of training, a lot of courses and a lot of work that then essentially became its own mini course of all the little bits and pieces that I took from yoga and EFT tapping and meditation courses and different self-help workshops and put them into my own, I suppose, program. But it was for me for a long time and now I'm sharing it with you. So uh, I hope to see some of you there. The groups are getting bigger, which is really exciting. So if you are looking to find out the payment plan options, you can always email us at support at stacyjune.com. Okay, let's get on to my guest today. Naomi Judge is a naturopath who, like I said earlier, is a bit of a pioneer in my eyes. When I went to see her originally, I was feeling really, really flat, really exhausted. I felt like I had so many things going right for me. I didn't know why I had a feeling that just felt a bit off. I don't know. I was just, I don't feel myself. There's something about my energy levels that just doesn't feel right. I don't feel so much depressed, but I don't feel like I can always get out of bed easily, I was telling her. And she was so amazing. There was something in my story that looked so familiar to her in her own. And we learned that today, but also something that I feel like I detected from her in that moment was that she hears this all the time. And for me, I felt very uh, alone in that. I felt embarrassed almost. I was like, I have this amazing job. I've, I'm not stressed about money. I'm making all these new friends. I feel really empowered in my single life. But yet I was finding it hard to get out of bed every morning. So we worked through that and she she does things in a different way. She doesn't see things the same way that other health practitioners see things, particularly Western medicine. And she's really collaborative. She's not a person that says you need to go this way or that way when it comes to health. But what I love about Naomi is that she looks and sees things that maybe others don't. And she she asks questions. She's intrigued. She's a digger. She wants to get to the bottom of it. She asks on her website, do you feel like the whole world is telling you that this is just a part of being a woman and that you should just deal with it? And this is a particular focus for her and I think one, probably her, one of her biggest strengths is that she really understands that the way society is set up, we are, we are built to believe that many of our health problems and many of the things that are going on inside us are just the way it's supposed to be as life as a chick. And I can tell you as somebody that has had, you know, pain that we believe is from endometriosis, that's had adrenal fatigue, that's had forms of anxiety, you know, so many years I thought all of those things were just who I was and what a chick was meant to look like. Well, she shows us how to open up ourselves and find better ways. And when she says, when I say open up ourselves, like I mean dig deep and find out what the root of the problem is rather than the the surface level problem. So we talk about so many different things, so many different techniques, different ways that you can regulate hormones, different things you can put into your diet and different ways to, to really access potentially what can help you day to day with your anxiety that's natural. Uh, so I'm really, really thrilled to introduce Naomi Judge to you and I hope that you love her as much as I do. I will put her contact details in show notes. If you're available in Sydney, she is open to taking new clients. And if you're not available in Sydney, I am thinking about doing a little bit of a directory on my website 
of practitioners that are recommended from myself that are across the country. So stay tuned for that. I know I spoke about this on Instagram late last year and never got around to doing it, but I do have a lot of the information that you sent through when I did that survey. So it's sitting there and I think this week might be the week to activate it. So bear with me. I will update that in show notes when I get around to doing it, but you can always keep updating uh, yourself with my with my work uh, by visiting stacyjune.com forward slash blog and that's where it will live when it actually does get up. So let me stop talking about her and let me introduce you to Naomi Judge. Starting this show and really thinking about the kinds of people I wanted to have on it and really, more importantly, share their knowledge with a bigger audience because I often feel very uh, grateful that I've been open to alternative um, therapies and and that the world brings me things that I, I don't know, I know that I attract them, but not everybody is in a similar place and a lot of people are looking to find a similar place. So I thought about the type of people that I think would really benefit a lot of my audience and you were 100% up there with the top because I felt from the I felt more recently but from the beginning I had always understood you to be a real I call you the detective or like the investigator because (laughs) I have often felt when I've walked into your consult room which has really grown in the past couple years like now you've got like a lounge room before you had more of a office and it's so big in there now um but I felt always that there you were a real digger like kind of like a producer is or a really great journalist but you're digging into people's bodies and health how do you how do you come into being so I suppose inquisitive and and really looking to go beyond what a lot of people what go deeper levels than a lot of other people do yeah, I mean, <laughs> is that a personality thing, or is I, that more of your 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 career? I think it's part personality because I think my husband would agree with you. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That yeah. I'm always wanting to, always on the lookout for finding answers to things. And yeah, it doesn't right. necessarily have to be health and kind of wanting to understand things. That why? Yeah, me too. It's yeah, it's interesting. And I was talking to someone yesterday, and I was saying the best part, the the best part about my job and what I love is when you just have those, like, you can feel it, and when you have those aha moments, Mm -hmm. when you just think, oh, and things connect together, the dots connect, the lines connect. Like being a detective, you know, like you've solved a case, but just understanding you know understanding why something's happening you can be told I can as a naturopath I can tell you you know eat celery eat celery juice have cucumber or do this but when you understand why something is working you you have the aha I have the aha and that's when that's when you have that beautiful clarity and you'll do something and then things will start to get better right because I think a lot of people will walk in whether it's a western doctor an eastern doctor a naturopath an acupuncturist a a dietitian, whichever, wherever you're going. And I think a lot of people will assume that you're going to get the absolute results you want. And I think from my experience, it's a bit about experience. It's a bit about um, study and background, but then it's also a lot about a personality type. Mm. And so it's interesting that you say that because I was wondering whether that is from you studying something or whether it was from who you are. And I think often when it's about who you are is 
where it really comes out in spades. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Like, you I can't do feel teach like it, that. You know? yeah, I do, yeah, I do feel it, it could be anything in life. Yeah. You know, even philosophy, you know, things like that. You really kind of, you have an interest in it and you want to understand more. So that means that potentially you could have really been quite good at a lot of things because I feel if you're really inquisitive and you want to dig to get to the bottom of something, whatever you set your mind to, you're really going to try and get to the bottom of it and really try to know it and and understand it, right? So what made you choose this career path? What made you choose naturopathy and and, and where was a moment that you now in hindsight can can kind of connect to, to the kind of work you do? Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, it's a bit of a cliche. And I know a lot of naturopaths and nutritionists and holistic practitioners kind of have that similar story. But mine was literally from, from health wise, being at rock bottom, you know, being Mm. just doing the wrong things and completely, my health had completely gone to pot from a young age through my teenage years. Right. So So what was going on then? Well, it was, do you know what, it all started, I was about 13. 12, 13, and I remember having these really severe um, pains in my lower stomach, really Mm. severe pains. I remember before school once, crawling up the stairs, being in so much pain, I passed out. Like, it was horrible. Mm. And I was taken to the GP, and um, the GP put me on the oral contraceptive pill. How old? I was around 13. 13 years old. You know, I wasn't sexually active, didn't need to be on that. I, I did have my period. But it was just a ridiculous, no tests were done whatsoever. And that kind of sent me on that spiral, that journey through my teenage years. And now I look back, I can see, you know, through my teenage years, I never really did give everything to, say, my schoolwork, because I was tired all the time, craving sugars all the time. Late teens, I was depressed, and and I got sicker through my early 20s, you know, 21, 22. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I went to see a naturopath myself. And had you seen other doctors through that time, you know, that you were just kind of sucking it up no you know what it's doctors didn't i was i'm from the uk and you have one doctor right a family doctor you have a family doctor you can't go and see other doctors and i remember um through my teenage years um i mean this is quite personal to me and i don't talk about it a lot Mm -hmm. but there was also an issue issue of self-harm you know through my teenage years we went to see someone and it was kind of just laughed off at the time but i think that was the time people didn't talk about these things people didn't put two and two together and it wasn't until I can look back that I can see that was hormonal dysregulation. And for me, it was a severe zinc deficiency. Zinc mm. is so important. And mm. I must have had it in my teenage years. Wow. And wow. so, you know, there was no one from help. I mean, you know, if you have a bad knee, you can go and get a physio. But for these kind of things, there was really no one knew about it. And they're quite complex. You do need a detective like is why you're so incredible at your job. And also now knowing and that you can relate to a lot of things I'm sure your patient can which is a different level but I think that this particular line of work there are a lot of factors to a lot of those types of um, symptoms you know there's a lot of things at play so when you walk into a naturopath do you know what to expect had somebody said oh I see this chick or I see this guy what what drove you there and 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 what you what were you expecting once you walked in some form of hippie situation or I, that's what I thought yeah. but it was interesting um the the guy that I went to see was a family friend of my husband okay okay who was my boyfriend at the time and he brought me the initial consult and I think it was like a birthday present 
And it was, you know, it was 90. Your boyfriend bought you yeah. the Iraq. Yeah, he okay. bought it yeah. for me. And I remember going, <laughs> and um, the guy I went to see, he was a Greek guy, Australian Greek guy, Alec. And he was a homeopath and a, and a naturopath. And so you were in Australia at this time. In All right. Australia so you had time, yeah. So you flew the coop and moved to Australia when you were how old? 18. 18, right. Yeah. Okay, right. Yeah, 18. Yeah, right. So this was, this was about 2001, okay. around this, that okay. time. And went to see him. And, you know, he just wrote a few things on a piece of paper. He just wrote a couple of nutrients. He just said to go and get some goat's milk yogurt some nuts and seeds, have that for breakfast. Instead of what I was Of course having, the Greeks recommended yeah, the yogurt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's crazy. You yeah. know, because what I was having, I was having um, just like, uh, I was having sweets for breakfast. Really? Sweets. That's, I didn't, I was having like jelly babies. I was a receptionist, I remember. Right. So you're almost like you're skipping breakfast, but you're having some form of sugar to until lunch. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Which, because you say that sentence, I was having sweets or I was having dessert, basically, or some form of sugar in the morning but and when you said it like that it's like you're sitting down with a uh, a bowl and a spoon and you put jelly babies in it but so when you say it that that way it sounds like no one could possibly relate to that but when you actually say okay I was a receptionist and I would just snack on jelly babies at the side until I got to lunch I'm sure so many of you listening can go okay at some point in my life I was skipping breakfast mm-hmm. and eating whatever, even if it was just a quick muesli bar full of sugar on the way, something quick and small. I think so many chicks have gone through that at one point of their life. Yeah, and especially when you're in that job, when you're sat at a desk and it's kind of, it feels you might get a bit bored or it mm. might get quiet or you might be stressed and mm. busy and it's just there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and also we just, I think for a long time, didn't understand breakfast. No. Back then, I didn't. I was having, I think I was having kind of Turkish, I was having the usual Aussie breakfast, Turkish bread with Vegemite. And when you went to this man, um, who was a family friend, it's so interesting how sometimes we meet people, whether it's partners or friends, and then they open up this whole other network, right? Which is lovely, because I think the universe has a bit of a play in that. But you go there, what symptoms had you told him? Like, what were you presenting at that time? So that time it was fatigue, like severe fatigue. Yeah. And I'd had a UTI for about six months, and right. I've been on loads of courses of antibiotics. Oh, there's the yogurt, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah and right. Um, I was having mild, really mild, kind of, I suppose, panic attacks. Okay. Super, super mild, just at the end of the day, and just not wanting it... to be around people. Right, so it would look like you'd go super introverted. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. couldn't yeah. be around people. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay, so you walk out with yogurt. What were the other things he said, sorry? said to some nuts and seeds from the health food store and magnesium and zinc and magnesium in powder like is it just some supplements like yeah, so tablets just some yep. supplements that he told me to get okay and just those couple of changes and um I think also adding in my diet some more veggies and mm-hmm. try, cutting the sugar <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not having jelly babies yeah. for breakfast and so what happens from here you you what yeah what's the story in terms of you seeing what that did and and then actually activating that into your life so then just that obsession starts so when you know when you can see yourself getting better suddenly you have more energy Mm. like whoa what's this energy or Mm. someone says your skin looks good Mm. you're like oh there must be something to this and that kind of started my obsession at the time so it was an obsession then you start getting a little bit too strict yeah but then helping everybody else at work so it's like you need to do this you need your echinacea and then you know preaching to everybody yes 
Yeah. Um, and then I remember one day the lady in HR, the manager of HR where I worked at the time, she said, you should be a naturopath. You're so good at this. Interesting. And then I was like, oh, okay. Right. Yeah. And how long, how long after that first consultation were you Googling how to be a naturopath? It was actually a few years, right? Because okay. it, I was because I was in a job. I suddenly transitioned to a job, and I got promoted, and I had a lot more responsibility at such a young age. And it was actually too, that was too stressful for me. So right. I had to find a way out of this job. Mm. I remember thinking, I've got to do something. I need out. I I need to experience life because I was so young mm. and I was working long hours, mm. and it was really it was super super stressful. And I was drinking in the evening to get over it, mm-hmm. and, and sort of crying. Um, after work because I couldn't handle going back in and would have to go back in the next day Mm. and it was just that was the catalyst for me right and so do you think that with the combination of you being able to see that there were changes but then Mm. of do you think when you started to see the physical changes you know it sounds like maybe a year before if you hadn't had those physical changes you wouldn't have been able to identify that that workload was too much so do you think that once you started to get those physical changes, how did you notice that your mental your mental um, capacity changed? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think this probably happens for a lot of people. So everything's so murky. If mm-hmm. you're in pain, you're in pain and you can't, if you're in physical pain, you can't kind of see everything else. But once it's like peeling back the layers of an onion. So once you start to get these positive results in one area of your life, you know, you get rid of a UTI or your knee pain goes or your chronic headache starts to go. That opens up a whole different world that you can you then you can see the possibilities. It kind of your brain can start to think about what else you can do and it starts to realize that you know maybe the life you're living is not quite right for you you can explore other areas but when you're in that chronic pain or there's something going on that's debilitating physically to your body you've got no way of seeing a way out and you don't even know you need to see a way out all you're thinking is how can I cure this pain Mm, and and that could be emotional or physical as well so when you start you know when you start looking into it how do you get to the place you are now? Did you do one course and then learnt on the job with all your clients? Have you continued to study? What's What's been the journey like from there? Yeah, so it started, so I actually started, I was working full time and I started night school mm-hmm. um, at the Australian College of Natural Therapists. I just went there two nights a week mm-hmm. to do my advanced diplomas in nutrition, naturopathy, homeopathy. Mm-hmm. And then six months into that, I was like, I need to do this full time. So mm-hmm. I went quit my job and I had to fight for that because I remember the college said I can't transition I can't now go into full-time and I remember I was so passionate I was like I'm gonna do anything there you are to make sure (laughs) and so I went in I wrote letters I was like you have to have me I'll catch up if I've missed anything whatever and I had to catch up and it was a it was hard Mm. um and so I did that and then part way through doing that I decided to go to uni Charles Sturt as well and study reproductive health there right and some more nutrition modules and so that's when I got my degree Um, and then since then it's a different kind of learning so I do the learning through um, online um, learning learning through companies like Metagenics and the nutritional companies Mm -hmm. but also it's a it's a lot of self-learning you Mm -hmm. have to really look at studies you have to go deep into that um, and also find other people that are doing similar things and maybe working outside of the box as well so you can understand what's going on. So it's a few different types of learning. So when someone like me or other people come into your, I mean, you, who would be your main clientele? 
So I would say my main, it's women between that kind of age are around late 20s to late 30s. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's... So that's me. So And yeah. sitting down in front of you, what do you think is the most common first sentence or at least first conversation you have of someone finding themselves in front of Naomi Judge? Um, I just feel blur. <laughs> I just feel blur. You know, that's the kind of, yeah. Blur. I don't know. I don't feel myself. Right. Yeah. That's where it normally starts. And it's so interesting because that word blur or mm. blah or meh is another yeah. one is something that so many of us get. Mm-hmm. And it's not even grey. It's not even dark. It's just a nothing. It's just something. And it's weird because there's so many people that believe, I think, that that is life. Yep. And they're not, they can't, they're not living to their full potential and they think that's real that's for them. Right. They think they're meant to be. Because like maybe that. they went to a doctor or maybe they went to someone that doesn't talk in m and bl language. Mm-hmm. And that's the interesting part. You know, I, I feel m or I feel blah to a lot of people, you know, whether it's whatever side of the coin you're coming from in the medical industry. A lot of people still need that real process or diagnosis or that clarity around how to treat people and blah and meh is not in the medical diary. (laughs) And it's fascinating because blah and meh is a whole, as you would know, a whole range of problems. Yeah, sure is. So where do you start from blah and meh? Well, it's interesting. You can you can actually get a lot from someone by you know the the first things that they are saying to you, and you can kind of get a get an idea of personality as well. Is it is it is it coming from? Are they overworked? Are they overstressed? Are they mm-hmm. a mum? What's what's kind of going on? But normally, it's just it's just a load of questions. It's yeah, okay. really trying to get to the bottom of that. And some people you do need to question, or and and some people will come out with their whole life story. And you can <laughs> see exactly. As soon and that's the beauty. When people do that, you can really see where it's coming from. Yeah, you, can, you right. know, you can see exactly where their pain is coming from, where their frustration or their overwhelm that's led to this illness or this bluff feeling. Yeah, it's interesting because often I go in and I feel like I overshare, but there's something about those rooms that make me kind of tell everything because like you, I, I want to be able to give as much information as I can to be able to get the help that I need. And I know that that requires a full picture. But how do you then, on the flip side of that, process people that are less giving and you do know that their home situation or their work life or other details that they aren't forthcoming with uh, play a part in the picture? How do you then try and get them comfortable or at least um, starting to do that investigation on, on a different type of personality? Yeah, so, I mean, that's hard. It's hard when people are holding back or it's even harder when they can't see it. Mm. You know, they can't see it. And that's where the trust comes in and that's where you need those few sessions. So you might start with something simple. You might say to someone, you know, do you want this thing, go for a walk, take some magnesium, you know, have a green smoothie every day or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then it's the second or third session, things start to come out Mm. and maybe you chat about other aspects, but it, you need that trust. Mm. You really do. And then they need to also see themselves and they need to have that aha moment that maybe there is something else going on. There's something else is an issue. So it starts kind of fairly uh, for a lot of people, you know, you, you, you ease in and begin a process, but when you, 
when you have that particular chick that's sitting in front of you, like myself, what do you think are some of the most common things you're finding in 2019, like let's speak today, that are behind the blah and the meh? Like what do we all what do we, what do we all have in common on on speaking generally speaking? Okay, so it's the I'm not going to say overwork, but it's the it's the ability it's the non-ability to be able to come down from working, so to come down from stress and actually not identify the stressors. Mm. So not identify the going on social media all the time or overthinking or going from task to task is actually depleting your body so can you because you do this really well when we speak can you talk about what that is because we'll talk about my body in a sec because I think Mm. it's interesting we read books and we have case studies we might as well I'm open and you know about my body so but it is interesting when you speak about what actually is going on in our body that is when we're on our phone, when we're not coming off from work, when we're driving ourselves into too many social plans, putting pressure on ourselves in areas that we don't need to, what's happening in our in our insides? Yeah, so essentially as human beings, we're meant to be in this what's called a parasympathetic state, which is your rest and restore. When you're in a parasympathetic state, that's your nervous system being rest, restore, digest. Would you say even... Um, like you say you had to do it from a, a number perspective it's almost like you're at zero like yeah. you're at you know at a neutral place is yeah, what you're I'm looking neutral for place. Yeah. look at your pet look at an animal and look at how often they sleep mm-hmm. and they're in that beautiful parasympathetic state most of the time and yet a noise yeah a noise sets them off or something sets them off and they go into this what's called sympathetic dominant state right which is your stress state okay that's okay fight flight is there a danger okay I've heard this, the dog's like, I've heard the sound, woof, 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 he's stressed out. As soon as he knows the sound is just the postman, the postman goes, the dog's like back to his parasympathetic rest and digest beautiful state. With humans, though, we don't have the opportunity to go into that rest and digest state anymore. It's really difficult because we've got things that are triggering our nervous system. Every time our nervous system is triggered, our innate reptilian brain our innate, our, all our nervous system thinks we're in danger. So, for instance, even just things like going on social media will be triggering our nervous system. And it, we may feel relaxed while we're doing it, but it's actually triggering that kind of fight-flight response. And when you say, because I think fight-flight is often put as a negative connotation, so it's looked at danger, you know, mm-hmm. and that's how it's been explained to us up until this point. But what my understanding is of this day and age is that it, it isn't necessarily negative things that are setting off that fight or flight response. That it could be an Instagram like or it could be a WhatsApp message, which at the time you're thinking is good, but it's still setting off the danger trigger. Is that it correct in saying? It sets off the danger trigger, but here's the thing about the social media. And I don't know if you know that Facebook and Instagram do this. Facebook does this. Every time you get a like, it actually triggers your dopamine receptors. Mm -hmm. And so Facebook hold back likes. Mm. And so you get the likes all together. So Mm. you get like that triple dopamine hit. Mm. That's the addiction. So dopamine's what we get from pornography. Dopamine's what we get from drugs, sex addiction, that kind of thing. So that's more that addiction. Okay. But even then, we will even when we get we go onto Facebook and we get that like, we're we're getting that dopamine fix, but we're also getting the nervous system triggered as well. That's insane. So this and is why it's says, Yeah, and everyone says it, but yeah. now to actually unravel it is something very different. Yes, you know, because everyone's like, 
Instagram or social media is like a drug. It's such a pass away statement, you know, but actually the fact that you've broken it down like that is terrifying. I think it, I, I mean, truthfully, I see it as one of the biggest issues. Right. And it's not just from things like social media, but it's also from other things. So our nervous system will be triggered also by, say, toxins in the environment, mm-hmm. um, things that we eat. So it's kind of we're getting it from all areas, but we're not allowing our bodies to just come down from that we're not giving our bodies the rest our mind the rest and i think this is the problem we're getting it from all directions but we're not we're not doing what we need to do or we're not we're not following through with things that we need to do to bring our nervous system down and and those kind of stress hormones and so just and it seems very clear now because i a lot of the focus on the way that we fix ourselves or the way that we heal ourselves in this day and age is to oh those beautiful birds I can't be annoyed at them like no. it's insane um, is to take things out but you're saying that that's probably a reality we need to start getting used to and that in fact instead of taking all these things out we need to learn how to come off them mm, or, yeah. or kind of come down off them yes yeah right. I mean it's like how somebody say you drink alcohol mm-hmm if you're not an alcoholic, you might just be, uh, you, some people could be a binge drinker, some people could be alcoholics, but other people like to just have a glass of wine once a week or at birthdays. It's kind of managing it like that, you mm-hmm. know, being able to manage things like that and giving yourself that break and not, not, not being a slave to it. Right. So that is how, so that's what I was about to ask you actually. Coming down off things, whether it's work, whether it's partying, whether it's social media, whether it's stress or anxiety, what are the types of things? So you're saying that one of them is to have big gaps in between those types of things that create stress, like for alcohol, for example. But how else uh, are, are we, I guess, living with this stuff around us, but then trying to manage it in a way that doesn't create us to be sick? Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard. Yeah. It's really difficult. And even I'm struggling. I mean, I was saying to you before this, with my social media, I cut off at kind of mid... I, I don't look at it before midday. Mm-hmm. And so that's something I'm doing. But also identifying your, the, the best way for our nervous system to be in a relaxed state is to... It's, I know this is cliche and I know everyone's talking about this, but it is our thoughts, okay? Mm-hmm. So... If we can control our breathing, if we can control our thoughts, our blood pressure, all of those kind of things, that's the best way to bring us down into that beautiful rest and digest state of being, that relaxed, that kind of blissful state. And even if it's for just a minute, when you're in that state, it's not just woo-woo saying it's a nice relaxed state. When you're in that state... Your whole body and your brain, your mind, your subconscious knows that you're not in danger. As soon as you come out of that state, your whole subconscious, your conscious, your mind, your body thinks you're in danger. So mm-hmm. it's, it's really, it's, that's why it's not woo-woo. It's kind of like it's so important. I just do a little bit of meditation in the morning and then through the day I watch my thoughts. So I just keep saying to myself, here now. So every time my thoughts start trailing off, I just bring myself back here now. And what that allows me to do is just for that split second, nothing's going on in my head. Mm. My head's just kind of blank. Then Mm. I might think about something. Mm. So it's kind of training. It's that neuroplasticity. It's training your brain, training your mind 
to be at peace. I've noticed a, a suggestion I had in the Find Your Intuition worksheet that I did online was, to, uh, and I just basically put into play what worked for me, which was, and it's again sounds cliche, but before you knock it, you just got to try mm-hmm. it, is to notice just the little leaves that move. Not a big windy day, but you're driving or you're walking to look and see if you can find teeny little leaves in a tree moving. There is nothing that brings me more into the moment than that, I've realised. Yeah, I love that. Mm. That's beautiful. Mm. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Using myself as a case study, I came to see you probably, oh my goodness, three years ago now maybe, and we discovered, I don't know if that was the session, but within the next year, we discovered that I had uh, essentially gotten adrenal fatigue and I was feeling burnt out. I had no idea what that looked like as a 33-year-old woman and I, I, I completely misunderstood what a burnout was, what a breakdown was, what all of these types of things were um, because I was living my best life, hashtag. What, um, I guess, how did you approach that with me or, or if we could run everyone through what exactly we kind of did to get to that place and, and how many people do you see on the reg that are really feeling like their life is going in a great place, but actually their bodies are saying no. Yeah, it's interesting because I think you had a little bit of resistance to it at first, Mm. I think. And it's, you came in and you talked and I remember... And a lot of a lot of women say this. It's it's kind of like, oh, I, I feel okay, but this is going on. I feel blur, um, and it's it's kind of it's kind of a grey area. Mm. You know, nothing. Trying to think, I, I feel like this, but I'm sure nothing's so wrong. Mm. I think that was the tone. Yeah, you know, I feel blur. But, I should just check, kind of yeah. vibe. Yeah, but I'm doing all the right things. I'm eating well. I'm doing. It was kind of that. That was the tone I remember. And the interesting <laughs> thing about me is because. I think as well I would tell myself I was doing a lot of those things because I was open to a lot of natural therapies or I sat in this box where I was quite conscious and open-hearted and was intrigued into a lot of that that, that work. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you are aware, A, of everything going on. I'm not a naturopath. And B, um, I think when we start to set goals for ourselves or we start to have ideas of what a good life looks like, we don't want to admit that once we've achieved certain things that we have, it may not be making you feel as good as you thought. And that was certainly my case, I think. Yeah. And I and I remember, I think at the time, just talking to you, you were getting sick. So you were run down. You know, your immune system was run down, but you couldn't see why. Mm. You couldn't see why because you had a healthy diet. You knew about 
Mm. Um, you were in that world. Mm. You'd grown up, you know, looking at alternative alternative therapy, seeing naturopaths and homeopaths. Mm. Mm. And so, but so you couldn't see why you were tired or why you were getting run down. Mm. And I think the other thing that was a big deal for me was that I had aimed for this life, and I and I wanted to talk a little bit with you about that. When I say aim for this life, I'm talking about ambition and career, which I think so many women uh, are finding that a they've got more opportunities than we ever have, and there's not just a I guess a fire in us to achieve what we want to achieve, but there's also a fire to follow through because maybe we have more opportunities than we ever had we ever have, and what that what that does to you is pushes you to a place where I don't know if you're necessarily always checking in with your body because it's like you've told yourself that those things are not just the most the the priority but that's ambition that equals good that equals wealth that equals success that equals great life right and the other stuff just wasn't in the picture for me yeah look I see you see exactly what you're saying and I think women in particular this is a struggle and this is a huge struggle for women. And I kind of see this going back to when we've struggled to get jobs. You know, we wanted to be in the workplace. We want to be career women. But we haven't learned to come to terms with what does working really, really hard do to our bodies. So what do I need to do to compound that? Mm. And I think that when you come, when you talk about, you know, having that drive and wanting to be ambitious and wanting to be this, we haven't actually been taught and this is a really new area for us as women, mm. what to do to actually help ourselves. We are actually different from, you know, we're different innately from men, our hormonal makeup. Women generally have more oxytocin. You know, men's way of dealing with stress might be to go and play a round of golf, might be to just help balance their testosterone and, and cortisol out. Men do better kind of just being alone for a second with their thoughts, whereas women... We need to be around people. And so we need to learn that to, to, to help ourselves come down from stress, especially in a work environment, we should be allowed to talk at work. I remember getting told off at work because I talked all the time. <laughs> yeah, but that's a stress tactic. And mm. I used to get told off, but that was, that was a way for me to try and, you know, how do I come down from this stress? Well, chatting and going for coffee, that was mm. my way. Mm. And we've kind of been told, you know, it's always been kind of a men's environment in mm. the corporate place, in mm. the workplace. Mm. And so bringing those two things together, women who want to do your best, well, we need to understand that we need different things. Than they support. do. Yes. Yeah. And we can't keep up the exact same way. No. Right. And so back to, I, I come in, we do some tests. I have to basically change three GPs before they actually give me the test that I, we oh, wanted to get. Oh, the vitamin D testing. I remember yeah, that remember? was so hard. Yeah, yeah, we couldn't get, I was, I, I didn't have a good GP. I'd lived in the city for two years, but again, I was just completely career focused. I'd moved here for work. Um, I was eating smoothies and doing yoga, vi- like full-on vinyasa hot yoga too, which now I'm just ro- roll my eyes because I know my body better than ever at the moment and that is not good for me every day. Um, and, and yeah, and I was, you know, so I, I didn't have a GP. And so I went to a GP, asked if I could get these tests and she said, no, I'll be telling you what tests you'll get of this. So she would give me a couple, but not all of them. I had to go to another one. I don't think you need the D. And then I went to a third one and finally I got the tests and it, it, it 
was very clear that I had, yeah, I had fatigue. And I remember thinking about this and I read a book. It's, oh God, I've got it. It's called Fried. I will put it in the show notes as well as all the information and the work I was doing with you. And, and I remember thinking, this can't be me. You know, this is a real, I don't know, like mum with three kids, mid forties, you know, worked the corporate ladder and worked her whole life to get where she is and now she's some VP somewhere or, you know, some big exec. This is later in life. Like there's no way that if this was to happen, I'm sure I was going to slow down before this happened to me. And and I think a lot of chicks my age are very, very similar to this, that there's no way I can burn out. How many people are walking into your offices with this same approach and, and why do you think we're all so naive about this? Most most of the women that are around that age do have the same issue, just not being able to see or thinking that they're different. They'll they'll slow down or not realising they need to slow down or they need or they, they think when they get to that stage it'll be okay, they'll know and they'll mm. they'll they'll just go to the doctor or, or do what they need to do at the time. Maybe it's fear, maybe there's a fear that if you do stop to rest maybe there's a fear someone will overtake you or you won't Mm. get to where you want to be or you you know you don't want to lose that time because innately there's that kind of fear that maybe you just won't make it yeah Um, and that's such a gender thing you know it's so interesting to look at and and I I I speak of you as the cheerleader because I do think that we all need healthcare practitioners in our lives as women that do cheerlead because there is still a lot of misunderstood um, parts of our bodies and the way that we live in women's health. It's a lot of it's ignored um, as we know with endometriosis is a very clear example of that and and just the how long I think the average is like eight years for a diagnosis or something. It's insane. Um, and so the cheerleading thing is such a big part because it is very, as much as we'd like to not believe this, it's very gender related. Do you find that there are particular issues that are happening to women that aren't happening to men at 33? Apart from the obvious, our bodies are different. I mean, the things that come to mind, anxiety mm. is a big one for, I mean, I know that men men do get anxious, but I think definitely leading up to early 30s, I see a lot more women with anxiety. Mm. Um, and that would be that mixture of the work, the hormones, the stress, all of those kind of things, not not falling in line. Maybe women, maybe maybe we've just never learnt. We, we look back in history... And say we look at our mums or their mums, mums, women, you know, will just do, just keep doing, mm, be the mm, martyr. Mm, and we Get on with it. Yeah, get on yeah. with it. Mm, or you mm. don't want to ask for something better. Mm. You don't expect anything better. I mean, mm. we see it in all areas. I mean, at the moment they talk about, say, the pay gap, mm. the gender pay gap. I mean, because women don't want to go in the office as many times and ask their boss for a pay rise. So there's something obviously innately going wrong and going on inside. Mm. And that's kind of connected as well Mm. how does anxiety link to other parts of our bodies and when I say other parts I mean hormones I mean that parasympathetic I know that very much so to that but but the other parts that are going on within us that control our mood and control our I guess our appetite and control our energy levels how what what role does anxiety play in in that those functions 
So, I mean, anxiety can first be a precursor to those. So if, if someone, say, genetically got anxiety or they've had anxiety since a teenage girl, then that can cause issues with, with, with kind of eating, maybe eating disorders, maybe that kind of thing. But in my world, I have to tell you, some of the biggest reasons for anxiety is simply hormone imbalance. Right. And maybe women that have been on the pill for too long, maybe women that have got um, out-of-balance hormones, low progesterone, high cortisol, those kind of things. That's one of the biggest reasons I see. And once you start to level those out, a woman can kind of, she just starts to feel calm again. Mm, mm. Yeah. How do we get unbalanced hormones? It starts very early. So right. it can start, it can start, actually can start in the womb. Really? So, so now what they're finding is that women, when they're pregnant, once they're, if they're exposed to endocrine disruptors like phthalates, flame retardants, that kind of thing, strongly exposed to them, you know, like quite mm-hmm. heavily exposed, mm-hmm. that can actually then cause the hormone disruption in the child. Mm. And I have to tell you, I'm seeing hormone disruptions in your girls as young as six, having wow. estrogen dominance. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So it starts, it does start early. And so would you encourage people listening to start asking questions about what was going on, you know, at that time? Or, or I mean, I know for me, particularly with my anxiety, it, it was really helpful for me to start inquiring a little bit more about what was going on at home, what was going on when my mum was pregnant, questions that I would never have thought would have anything to do with who I was as a 35-year-old woman. Yeah, look, it can help. If you, it can help because then it can give you some clarity on why or even some closure and it can help you to just get through it and get past it. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if there are things that you can do. Like if you, you, you want to feel in control of what's going on. So if you kind of understand where it came from, you can then go through it and heal yourself. Mm. And so I want to talk about fertility for a little bit before we wrap up. Um, so my process, if you've listened to any of the shows I've done in the past, if you follow me on social media, you know that I'm on the fertility journey. At the moment, just to give you a bit of an update, I am trying to get my body to this kind of superwoman match fit place. And if there is, I suppose I'm I'm reading, I've come to see you, I had this chronic cough that we couldn't get rid of, which if you've done any of my coaching or watch me on Instagram live, you know that it's horrific. I've got these weird hot packs on my boobs. Like I am doing it all. (laughs) Um, But if you are somebody that potentially is trying and doesn't have this, you know, this incredible story like we do because of my partner's prostate cancer and all these extra bits that are a part of our journey. If you are someone that's looking to try, I think for me, and this, when we first started to try the adrenal fatigue and a lot of those conversations were big parts of my prep, I suppose, at looking at getting a really nice, healthy, juicy body. If you're looking to try, maybe you're luckily just having sex on the ovulation dates when your period tracker says so. What are things that people can do to really start to boost their chances with their diet or with their lifestyle? Yeah, I mean, we've got, so definitely diet. So, you mm-hmm. know, having, starting with a healthy diet. So having all those beautiful green leafy vegetables, having lots of nice fiber. Also cut, trying to minimize the inflammatory food. So okay. 100% minimizing sugar. So we know the effect sugar has on the, the endocrine system, but also on your ovaries. So sugar directly um, acts as, uh, raises your insulin. So mm-hmm. when you have sugar, your insulin comes up. 
and your insulin can actually damage your eggs. So you want to do everything you can to make sure your eggs are nice and healthy. Mm -hmm. And I have to say that if women have had their eggs tested in terms of the hormone and it's been low, it's possible to get that up. I've seen that come up in many, many of my clients. So okay. please don't be discouraged because sometimes you can be told you're not going to get pregnant. And really, it's all you do is you get healthy. And then you can have a really happy ending to that story. Right. Um, but diet, you know, lots of good fats. Um, you've got avocado, some butter. Try and eat a little bit of meat if you're a meat eater. If you don't eat meat, then try and get enough protein. Lots of avocados, vitamin E, that kind of thing, those oils and um, good quality protein and vegetables. So start there. Next would be your stress levels, making sure that you're managing those because it can be the hardest time, particularly if you're trying mm. and you get the you've got that gap haven't you got a window you're trying you're all happy I feel like I am this time and then boom your period comes mm. and that can be a real downer so mm. you've got to try and get a hold of that and and work through that and and try and um work on your nervous system and be in a good place there and then thirdly I have to say definitely nutrients so one of the biggest reasons I've seen a lot of women either have miscarriages or not being able to get pregnant is because they're not taking the right vitamins they haven't got enough zinc. They haven't got enough vitamin B um, of the good quality, correct mm -hmm. ones. So that's mm -hmm. those are some of the biggest things I see um, going wrong. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so that's a really great place to find yourself. In terms of if you are thinking about it at some point in the next 10 years, 5 years, 1 year, how long do you think it takes for you to get onto that path, that diet path, uh, potentially that you try and, and live a lifestyle or really change your 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 habits around before you you start to try well you know ideally here's ideally so we know that um certain cells turn over in three months mm -hmm. so dna cells and different cells but we also know that the fat in your body stores a lot of toxins right and it takes about a year for us to fat flush so fat right. flushing is where you take lots of fats in your diet lots of fish oils and then essentially after a year all your kind of like fatty acids and all your um, all your brain cells, they're kind of new fat and so less toxins. So and they're so getting rid of the toxins. Getting rid of the toxins. So ideally, you want to be working on yourself for a good year. Okay. Ideally, okay. if you can in the ideal world. Yeah, okay. And how much of those sugars that you spoke about earlier that could essentially be damaging some of our eggs um, is from alcohol? Well, alcohol would be slightly different, but it, I mean, it does depend what you mix with alcohol. Okay, yeah. Um, because essentially, you know, if you're having like a low sugar alcohol, you might not have the issue with sugar so much. Mm -hmm. But with alcohol, you've got a different issue. You've mm -hmm. got um, all the toxins that your liver then produces to process the alcohol. So your liver produces toxins to get it moving. Mm -hmm. So anything that goes I through thought, the liver... I thought alcohol was the toxin. Yeah, alcohol is a toxin, but your liver has to then go, how do I get rid of this? So right. it has to break it down. Right. And then that makes byproducts, and those byproducts can then be an issue. So you get more toxins than just the alcohol is toxin. Yes. So it creates almost like a match toxin to move it. Correct, yes. What? I did not know that. Yes. But this happens with other things. You know, say sweeteners with mm -hmm. aspartame. Mm -hmm. That When that's broken down by the liver... That produces so many more toxins that are so dangerous, like formaldehyde mm -hmm. um, and other toxins. So this and this is what a lot of things do. So our liver is just constantly having to work, mm. and that's why that's why alcohol can be damaging because 
your liver then can't do other things like process hormones or process urea or glucose or anything else in the body. Right. And so apart from going back to our earlier conversation, apart from uh, looking at our, I suppose, our lifestyle and making sure that we're coming down, what, what, what's the kinds of foods or different things that you think that we could be adding to our diet every day that a lot of us aren't that could really be helping a lot of our organs and our bodies function on a, a more healthy scale? Broth is something that I absolutely love. You can slow cook meat. So if you're doing like a slow cook um, lamb leg or something uh-huh. like that, in that juice that's in the slow cooker after it's been cooking for a good day, mm-hmm. you're getting lots of good stuff like the gelatin, like uh-huh. the minerals from the bone because we're so depleted in minerals, right? those micro-minerals. But that's what's in the broth. So the broth is essentially, it's got collagen in, it's got protein, but it's got those micro-minerals. You okay. know, it's got the magnesium, the manganese. The is zinc. that the stuff that they that, that I'm missing from not having cold-pressed juice? Someone told me the other day I need a cold-pressed juicer instead of a... A Vitamix, and I was like, "What the f- more fucking shit? Are you joking me?" Because they're like, "Yeah, but babes, you get the juice stuff, but you don't get these minerals." And I'm like, "Oh my god, I can't even do." Okay, so life's too hard. Yeah, yeah. If you need all of these things, but you get your vitamins. So you get your vitamins from a cold pressed juice. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. But you get vitamins from kind of eating fruit. Like if you're eating berries, you'll uh-huh. be getting vitamins as well. And if you're putting them in an, in a Vitamix, are you getting as many? Look, the argument is what can happen is so fiber is wonderful. So fiber is quite detoxifying. We eat fiber. It's beautiful at detoxifying. But what people need to understand is if you ever take something that's detoxifying, it's not just taking out the bad stuff. Right. So that's the thing with, say, a green smoothie. Some of the fiber will be taking out the vitamins, right. but not all of them. Yeah. Not all of them. Okay, okay. So we've got bone broth, which, uh, back to the question that I have, do I drink it? Do I cook with it? What do I do with it? Well, you could be hardcore and you could have a glass of it for breakfast every morning. Well, if you as you know, I'm, I'm pretty hardcore at the moment. Or you can just add it to your soup. Right, okay. So you could yeah, add a cup easy. to your soup. Mm-hmm. Or for dinner, you could have something really simple like some sautéed vegetables, Pop in the liquid, oh, nice. pop in a little okay. bit of liquid bone, bone broth just to saute them in. And if you want to have like an egg over that. Right, that's delicious. Yeah, just simple, super simple. And you don't need to use that whole bag in one lot. No, no, no right. Okay. not at all. Like a cup, you you know, a cup of it, okay. of, the, of mixed with water. Right, yeah. and so bone broth, any other suggestions of things that we could just enter on our shopping list? Yeah, definitely. So you, you want to be looking at those fats. So everyone, so any of those fats. So people that are kind of eating things like margarine instead of butter. You want to go back over to whole foods, like real foods. So we don't need all these things added. Mm-hmm. We don't need... I mean, if you're vegan, you, it can be a little bit more difficult, but you could use something like um, a little bit of coconut oil or avocado mm-hmm. to, to spread on your toast or in, okay. in the morning instead of butter. And I think yeah. we have to be really careful and not be scared of fats because of the whole weight gain thing, right? Correct, I think yes. a lot of people get a little bit cornered by that yeah it's not the i mean really what we've come to discover is fats are one of the best macronutrients for us so macronutrients being your carbohydrates your protein your fats right and we don't want to be cutting out those macronutrients because our body needs it. our brain is made of fat right and what we're finding now is people that have had low fat diets that can be an issue later on in life you know for brain health alzheimer's dementia those kind of diseases okay okay that's good to know so more fats and bone broth anything else yeah and vegetables so making sure you're getting your 40 grams of fiber a day and what does that look like 
It looks like a lot. Yeah, okay. Okay, so ideally... It's like 10,000 steps. I said to Ben last night, how many Ks is that? He's like, well, roughly it's 1,000 steps for a K. Okay. I need to, so it's like I need to understand. Everyone needs to understand what does 40 grams actually look like. Okay, so 40 grams, I mean, that's, you could, let's think of it in about, in terms of around four cups of vegetables okay so that's four cups of broccoli but yeah. you could use different different types. vegetables but ideally yeah. when you're eating so say if you're having per a person lunch, too because i'm thinking if i'm cooking for someone else right so it's a yeah. lot but ideally when you're looking at your plate you want those vegetables to probably be the main thing on the plate right which is so not the case for so many people <laughs> even people that eat well you know it would be so much more meat or maybe so much more grains or yeah with and then people have like a little bit of they have more potatoes or more meat and then they might have like one broccoli (laughs) piece of broccoli you know well that was what was going on in my house growing up for sure yeah Yeah. and so go for more and the reason we need more is it helps to detox our body we've got all those beautiful antioxidants um, and it's great for your hormones as well. So it really helps to balance your hormones and support your liver. Okay. Okay. So those are things that I feel like the last one we've been told a lot, but I don't think it's we really understand or we're either not listening. I think that's an interesting mm-hmm. one. I think we hear all the time leafy greens. And I really had to think about it when I was going through and am the adrenal fatigue. You know, when you're faced with a burnout, and I've said this to my girlfriend, and you hear the same things that you've been hearing for a million years, you really do start to understand that if you're living this more regularly, it won't get to a point that you need to then build yourself up so dramatically. I think that's something that is important to note. Um, But the vegetable one, I've done so much research and so much work on how to get my body to come back from a minus. Essentially, that's the way I'm looking at it. When you're fatigued, you're starting in the red. And all of it talks about greens and different colored vegetables. There is no way that we're escaping that part. So even though you may have heard this on a million different podcasts or on the TV or whatever, coming from a person that has burnt out to get yourself back, it's so much more work when we could maybe be taking a little bit of that messaging into our actual day-to-day life. I think it's important. The bone broth is an interesting one. I'll get back to you on that. Mm-hmm. And what was the last one? The fats. Okay, right. So avocado. And how many of those, what, like what kind of daily intakes do you recommend for that? I mean, I love having a lot. So I'll, I'll probably have around one a day. Mm-hmm. You know? Like a whole avo. A whole avocado, easily one oh, a day. Lucky this drop down in it's price. It's expensive habit. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, but yum. Yum. So good for you. Full of vitamin E. They've also got antioxidants in. I mean, they're really great. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, anything, you know, like if you're having a salad, don't be afraid to put a half an avocado and mm. it will fill you up as well. So you, yeah. you know how people have salads and they say, oh, I'm, I make, I'm hungry an hour after. But if you add things like some nuts and seeds to your salad and half an avocado, that will keep you full. And avocados are so good for fertility as well. I think the interesting thing as well is often we talk about, um, I don't know, people overeating. But I think one of my problems, particularly with my burnout, was my undereating. And it's interesting because I think a lot of us do that, I'm not hungry. And it's like, well, what have you actually eaten today? Not a lot. How the how do you expect your body to be running on a full tank if you haven't fueled it up? So I think that's been an interesting thing for me that some of you might relate to is that I've actually had to psychologically think about myself as a child. If I was to be responsible for a child and they were to say to me, I don't want to eat that, 
and I'm looking after my friend's baby and she's coming to pick him up at four and I've not fed him anything from eight till four except for one half of a sandwich, am I going to think that's a great way to look after my friend's child? Yet, is that something that I would do to myself in the past because I, in inverted commas, are not hungry? Absolutely. And I think so many of you can probably relate to this. And it may go the other way where you overeat. It might be that a point where would you feed that much to that child, you know? So I think we need to sometimes really step up for ourselves in this department. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Like, say, what? Would, how would you look after a child? What would you do? I think that's amazing. Because essentially you're right. We'll feed everyone else and then we'll just have maybe a little bit of a leftover or a tiny snack, but never really sit down. We need to start sitting down and nourishing and feeding ourselves. Yeah, and I think as well as this going, you're an adult, so you think you're, you can go on just on what you feel like eating. And I've learned in my age now, I don't always feel like as much as I need. And I think that is is a really important thing to decipher. Yeah, and yeah. especially with all the diets around at the moment, there's a lot about fasting and this kind of thing but essentially you want to get yourself into a healthy place before you start Mm. skipping meals giving Mm. up food and doing Mm. all of that kind of thing so Mm. learn to nourish yourself first and then Mm. if you want to play around with the newest fad that's out there go for it I like that so Naomi at the end of every podcast I want somebody to walk away that's listened with an extra tool in their tool belt that's essentially my intention for this show we've got so many that I think from the episode but if there's something that comes to mind that you're like okay I want them to walk away with this from me is there something that comes to mind what would it be honestly after years of doing what I'm doing it would be the mindset stuff it would be just learning to break off from the noise that's going around in the world and just be kinder to yourself Mm. Um, you know you can have the best diet in the world but if you're constantly bombarded and stressed and you're just overthinking all the time you're not going to be absorbing those nutrients so really learn to just work work from work from inside first it's so interesting coming from someone that works in the body you know and works in in diet and setting up people's you know what they eat and their nutrition it's an interesting point that you essentially have said that's the priority because the rest all trickle out trickle down from that yeah because you know what people can come and see me and want to go on a diet but they might be doing it from a place of actually not loving themselves right they want to go through another diet they want to go through pain you've got to love yourself and you've got to be in this beautiful place for everything else to be working right okay that's great all right I feel like everybody has been able to benefit from what I benefit from on the reg so I thank you very very much for your your time today because it's like your low-key day today so I appreciate you coming into the space and I feel like next time we'll be on different sides of the desk again Mm -hmm. thank you hope you enjoyed that chat guys I'm really excited to get this directory happening so give me some time because I think that there's so many of you that may have heard that chat and go oh I'm not in Sydney now there's a chance that she does some Skype uh, some Skype interviews but if you do want a one-on-one consult I, I really would 
recommend that you find someone that works for you and that can meet you in person if that's possible. So I'm going to do a directory. Uh, I did mention and get collate some information late last year of different practitioners. So whether it's kinesiologists, whether it's naturopaths, whether it's acupuncturists, whether it's healers, whether it's people that have helped this community, the Stacey June community, uh, in different alternative therapy ways. Uh, I have asked you on Instagram late last year and collated all that information. Just I just actually haven't put it anywhere. So I will make a point to do that over the next couple of weeks. And I will also put another Instagram poll up asking for the latest information. So if you did do that last year, I have got the information, so don't worry. And if you haven't got involved and you do know someone that you adore just as I do Naomi, then please do let me know. Um, and so look out for my Instagram for that survey. But if you want to know when that this particular article goes up or this particular, arc, uh, is it an archive or a directory, I should call it, make sure that you're signed up to my mail list. StacyJune.com is where you can sign up. It's the Stacey June mail list. And I'll make sure that you know the second it goes up and blast out to you exactly how you can find this information. So maybe there'll be naturopaths in your area that will be able to open up and access this other part of health that many of us I suppose, haven't been exposed to in the past. So I really hope that for you. I've had a naturopath since I was 17 years old and it's changed my life. Uh, shout out to Julie Monkman. She was my very first naturopath. She's a naturopath to many of my members of my family. Uh, and she, I've got to find out if she's still practicing actually. Um, but shout out to her. She was my very first alternative therapy um, experience and I have never, ever looked back. All right, guys, I will see you back here on Sunday for a Self-Centered Sunday podcast. I hope you are all well. Please let me know where you're listening to this. Please let me know which parts you liked. Let me know if there's guests that you want to jump on the show. We're going to stop recording in a few weeks. Um, There's so many interviews coming through and then have a bit of a rethink about what worked, what didn't. And so I'll be making sure that I ask you as many questions as I can about what you loved about uh, this particular batch of chats and, and where we can take it from here. All right. I will speak to you very soon, lovers. Bye. This has been another Bijou Podcast production.